Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. From the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show, 1-866-408-7669. Coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. Uh, we have Candace Owens standing by, so we won't leave her on hold. And Ian Pryor, Ian Pryor, uh, you know him. Not only does he have an important job with the government, but he's also fighting with critical race theory in Loudoun County, Virginia, where, by the way, we were told by Terry McAuliffe there is no critical race theory. So... Uh, with that, he also is a former deputy public affairs director in Department of, at the Department of Justice. And you've seen him on the channel a lot. And now he has organized these parents and they are taking action. Who knows? They might even be targeted by the FBI soon, thanks to Merrick Garland's uh, attorney general's office. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The drug cartels operating out here are starting to get a lot bolder in their actions. We were embedded with the Texas National Guard when a cartel machine gun fired across the border directly into the United States. With that is Bill Malusian, reporting exclusively for Fox News. The border overrun with illegals and now with criminals as cartels start talk taking aim at the Texas National Guard and paid for by our billion-dollar border wall, which is sitting on the ground in the desert gathering dust because Joe Biden wants to play politics. Number two. These requirements work. And as the business roundtable others told me when I announced the first requirement, that encouraged businesses to feel they could come in and demand the same thing of their employees. More people are getting vaccinated. More lives are being saved. When you see headlines and reports of mass firings and hundreds of people losing their jobs, look at the bigger story. Yeah, mandate mania affecting military, uh, affecting the military, medical positions, law enforcement, and now the friendly skies. Southwest is spiraling out of control, and some say it's because of these mandates. Are they just the first? The worst is the worst yet to come. Number one. We're in a recovery. There's no doubt about that. And job growth is to be expected. And when it comes in low, people notice. And that what I think that's part of what we're seeing in these polling numbers. Uh, that is Brit Hume, of course. Biden's self-inflicted wounds are affecting all of us. From the supply chains to the energy prices, his green agenda to inflation, he's taking aim at the American people, and it's time for him to pay the price beyond the poll ratings. Uh, you got to wonder when the bleeding will stop. Candace Owens joins us now. You know Candace, New York Times bestselling author and founder of the Blexit Foundation. Candace, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Candace, first off, if you, if I told you nine months ago this is what the Biden administration will look like, would you have been surprised? Not at all. Not at all surprised. If anybody was paying attention to what was going on and what the Democrats had been fighting for, uh, especially you know under the Trump administration, everything that they were trying to undo, it was very obvious this is going to be the natural conclusion. Or I shouldn't even call it a conclusion. I should call it the, the beginning because it's going to get a lot worse. When you talk about these mandates— uh, the president of the United States says they got to be got to look at the bigger picture when it comes to these mandates. Uh, I want you to hear what uh, these pilots are saying now about these mandates and how it's going to affect our travel. Cut 11. 
Many of us don't want to take this. Uh, people were being coerced. I believe in freedom, and I'm here to support the freedom of my fellow employees and all people across this country. If these companies fire us and they fire 30% of the workforce, aircraft are going to stop moving. And it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your air travel, and it's going to affect the economy. A specific airline in this country uh, went ahead and, and from their own uh, volition, went and said, we're going to do mandates for all of our employees. And they took that list and said, well, now all of you effective October 1st are on the street uh, on un, unpaid indefinite leave. That's not what... Uh, that's not a, an accommodation that any of us can put up with. That's, that's in other words, unemployment. Candace, has he thought this through? Is he really going to go about uh, are we having a military with tens of thousands, maybe 100,000, deciding not to take the vaccine so they're going to quit? Is he prepared to let our airline industry just stop? No, absolutely not. I don't think he thought it through. I think that he thought that with enough pressure and with people fearful to lose their jobs, they would just comply. And I think that there now there's a pending disaster. I mean, there you've got you know nurses also hasn't been mentioned. You know, thousands and thousands of nurses across the country are losing their jobs. You're talking talking about New York City bringing in the National Guard, you know, to to help accommodate and, and to step in. I don't know about people around the world, but I don't want the National Guard. If I'm a mother about to give birth, I don't want the National Guard there, um, you know, to do, to assist me. So it's, it's, it's complete and utter collapse, and it's obviously very good for conservatives. And I think this is a little bit of temporary pain that we're all going to feel, obviously. You know, we're going to have the supply chains shut down, and we're going to be dealing with a lot of, you know, issues of just short supplies across the country. But for me, not being able to travel um, as conveniently is definitely worth it to stand up to what's really become a totalitarian regime and so much federal overreach. And so I think, again, like I said, a little bit of pain, but overall, the big picture, it's going to be good for conservatives because these moderate Democrats needed to see firsthand what we were talking about when we started talking about the radical overreach that the left was after. Why was the president ever call out uh, the African-American community or the Hispanic community? They are getting vaccinated at the lowest rate of all the ethnic groups. Why wouldn't he call them out? Uh, you know, because he's trying to to make it seem as though this is a conservative or a Trump supporter issue when it's not. You are correct. Black Americans are the least vaccinated in the country. And there's good reason for that. You know, people look at the history yeah. of how um, dishonest the FDA and the CDC have been. And we're not talking about you don't have to go back to the, to, to the times of slavery. You know, we're talking about the 1970s uh, when the CDC should have, in my opinion, in my estimation, been disbanded after they were caught allowing black Americans to die, pretending that they were treating them. Uh, the Tuskegee experiment, pretending that you were treating black Americans for syphilis, but in fact, you, or for various blood disorders, bad blood disorders, but in fact, they were actually watching them die. And it took a whistleblower to get them to finally stop the experiment. Entire generations of people that suffered with syphilis um, and, and all they got was a very small payout, something like $10,000 from the government. Oops, sorry, we got caught doing the wrong thing. And, and no one should trust you know, Big Pharma, Pfizer, of course, notoriously uh, the biggest settlement of all time, criminal settlement of all time in terms of Big Pharma. And you're telling us to just blindly trust the exact same individuals a couple of decades later with very little data to look at. There's no long-term studies into into these vaccines. And, and people have a lot of questions surrounding the efficiency. When you know that you can get this vaccine, right, and despite having the vaccine, you can still catch COVID and spread COVID, which means they completely transformed definition of what it used to mean to be a vaccine. And I'm not suggesting that, by the way. Uh, Congressman Thomas Massey pointed out on Twitter that they legally changed the definition of vaccine online. They legally changed it uh, to accommodate this particular vaccine. It used to mean, you know, they're injecting you with dead organisms, and it meant that you could not get 
the virus. Now it means, okay, well, we're just helping to treat it, which a lot of things help treat viruses. Tylenol can help treat symptoms of a virus. Um, so there's just too much shady business, a lot of transparency, and in my estimation, way too much censorship. Where there is censorship in terms of speech, there is also dishonesty and there is also lies, and people are right to trust their guts. So uh, the one thing I find pretty amazing, in the precipitous fall of Joe Biden's poll numbers, in the black community, he's lost 16 points. Why do you think that is? Because of exactly this, you know, you can't say to people, you can't come door to door and say to people, you know, I'm the person who's going to champion this cause. This guy's a bad person. Trump's bad. Trump's racist. And then you get into office and look at what you do. You're basically saying to people, you're going to get vaccinated or you're going to lose their job. You know, you, you, you've got these, these numbers of people who can't even find uh, people to work at their jobs. Small businesses are being shuttered. And once again, you know, black Americans start at a basic distrust when it comes to the government. And all that Joe Biden's administration is trying to do is to say, hey, look, we're the federal government. We're here to help. And we're going to assume more power than you've ever seen in this country, ever, ever. The federal government has never attempted to take this much, this much power and control over right. individual lives ever in this country. Uh, so, you know, this is, represents obviously an existential threat for the Democrat Party. They were already not doing well this past election. Don't forget that despite all the rhetoric, uh, Trump gained, uh, what was it, eight points amongst black men and four points amongst black women. That's not good for the Democrat Party since they rely upon the black vote. Um, so this is, yeah. as I said, this is, for me, as a champion of Blexit, of trying to get black Americans and minorities to wake up, this is all good news. So you talk about anger. We had Colonel West on a couple hours ago. You know, we tested positive of COVID, and he got, was hospitalized. He went in there to get the antibodies. He wanted to get the injections. His wife was vaccinated. He wasn't. And he's back. He talked to me. This, he talked today. He got out last night. He sounds fine. Listen to the reaction to Joy Reid when they found out he was positive. MSNBC anchor. Cut 35. One of the things Republicans are doing is they're trying to find as many black and brown and Asian American people who spout those same ideologies as possible in running them. Alan West is sort of the idea of that in Texas and just saying, we'll just dress this up uh, in sort of a black person and then say, see, we're not, we're not racist. Look at us. We got Alan West. But Alan West is the guy who says segregation was a better time for black people, right? So it's like ironic black people. Uh, but, it, but that is their strategy. And I wonder if in a party that is sort of showing itself to be terrified of learning about Dr. King, because it might make white um, white students feel uncomfortable to talk about racism, whether or not at, he might actually be a threat to Abbott. That maybe, you know, far-right Democrats are saying, you know what, I prefer my racist ideas in the form of an Alan West. Do you think that they're, they're adequately talking about the Alan West you know? Absolutely not. But, they, you know, this is actually, this rhetoric is not helping them anymore. People are getting a little bit tired of this. As you see more and more black Americans turning towards the Republican Party over these last few years, um, it should teach Joy Reid and MSNBC and all these networks that this rhetoric isn't working anymore. You're going to have to come up with something other than Uncle Tom or, you know, a coon to define a black person. Um, so it's not working at all um, in any way whatsoever. And again, more good news for us. You know, Alan West is an incredible person. He's been a great leader. And that's the other element of this, by the way, if we're talking about COVID, is that there seems to be this understanding uh, that they want people to suffer. They want people to die. They're upset when people get better, right, in, in the hospital or not dying from COVID. They want this pandemic to go on forever. Yeah, in fact, here's what I, uh, what I said to Alan West. Do you really think they, they want you to die? Well, there have been some comments out there, but I, I don't think that they want me well. I, I think that that's one of the things that you got from the comments of this guy is that uh, 
they would prefer uh, what I went through not to be a viable uh, alternative and, and to show that it was a, a good treatment because that really does combat what they're trying to push against the American people. And he was talking about saying head taking the, the antibodies instead of taking the uh, the vaccine uh, and some of the right. anger. They don't. Right. And they don't want they don't want treatment. They don't want remedy. They want people to get the vaccine and nothing else. And there's a lot of fraud. I think we have never seen this level of big pharma fraud ever. There there should be people in prison for what they're doing. All right. The Biden administration is blocking treatments that work. You know, quick example. I went to the dermatologist this morning and she confided to me that she has been prescribing uh, prescribing ivermectin for the last 20 years. No problem whatsoever to treat basic things like dermatitis on the skin. Suddenly now she has to, to to apply to be able to prescribe Ugh. people ivermectin and, and that people they're saying, well, you've got to apply and they're going to register you if you're prescribing this at all. She said, this is harmless. She goes, even if they didn't need ivermectin, this is not something that's going to kill them. We're not in a short supply of it. So why is the Biden administration blocking this treatment? Oh, because people like Joe Rogan are saying it helped them get better. I know very few that said that it helped them get better. Same for hydroxychloroquine. There are old studies, old medicinal studies, if you look at like these, um, you know, these old studies that went out way before this pandemic came that showed that it was uh, effective hydroxychloroquine in treating coronavirus. Now, I'm not talking about COVID-19, but other types of coronavirus. Now, all of a sudden, they're blocking it. You have governors that are blocking this treatment from being prescribed, like they did down in Nevada. I mean, we're talking about criminal negligence here. They want people to die because they want people to be mm. traumatized and only choose the vaccine, even though there are plenty of other remedies that have been shown to be effective. This is criminal. Candace, when I you know talk to Colonel West, you cannot rattle him by talks of race or Uncle Tom or any of these labels. He almost he shrugs it off. He almost embraces it. You seem to be the same way. Has this ever gotten to you? Some of the critics within uh, in the black community who think Candace Owens shouldn't be saying the things she's saying. I mean, not even for a moment. I have not lost a wink of sleep. I often say to my husband, if people knew how little I cared about the names they called me, I wonder if they'd bother, you know, wasting their time writing the articles. You know, I'm on the side of truth. I I could care less about people that are on the side of lies and dishonesty could possibly be saying. And, you know, I'm more inspired every every single day because I think more and more Americans are becoming awake uh, to the dishonesty and the lies. And I think that that's best evidenced by the extremes that the left is going through to stop speech, right? They wouldn't need this much censorship. They didn't need this much censorship when Obama was in office. They didn't need to shut down speech. They didn't need fact checkers because the majority of Americans were deluded. Now the majority of Americans are awake. So they need to be, they need to be fighting for mail-in ballots into, per- into perpetuity. They need to be fighting for more big tech right. censorship. We've got this fake whistleblower, and that's because they're now losing. And, and so I, I think that we're on the side of the angels. They're on the side of the demons. And in the end, truth prevails. One last thing, uh, Herschel Walker, for example, I'm talking to him and he's talking about running what he's going to do. And I get the sense that everyone running in Georgia specifically is looking to maximize Republican hotspots instead of going into the cities and trying to sell. Even if you get small crowds or no crowds, don't you believe the Republican Party is just not making the effort they should? 100 percent. I agree with you. I talk about this all the time. And this is it's actually one of the things that came up. We just had, you know, for my foundation, Blexit, we just had a team leader meeting and they were talking about how 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 upsetting it is that the, the RNC and Republican Party hasn't reached out to various organizations that are doing this groundwork. I mean, we've got people in 50 states that are willing to live in the inner cities. Right.
right, that are chapter leaders of Lexit that would be, be happy, you know, to work alongside them and get people, you know, registered to vote, whatever the effort is. I'm seeing more effort by by independence. You have that people people like Scott Pressler, you know, who are hitting the ground and saying, hey, let's do this work and get into the inner cities I am seeing from the establishment, which, by the way, I think is, is a big reason why Trump won in 2016, right? People are feeling disillusioned from both the left and the right. Uh, it, it does feel like it's just an establishment, a bunch of papers being pushed around, a bunch of money being raised, but very little effort being done. So I agree with you completely. Um, and, you know, so all we can do is what can we do individually? I've launched a Blackton effort. Um, and so I'm relying on on people to people, not these establishments to make much of a difference going into the next I year. I can't tell you how many times I'm around and when people say, I think Candace Owens should run for president. Maybe that'll be in your future. Um, have, Maybe. Have you thought about running? Uh, people have thought about it for me. <laughs> so I get the question all the time. And, you know, I say about everything. Never say never. If you had asked me 10 years ago if I was going to be a Republican, I would have laughed in your face, right? I, I was totally under the Democrats' spell and believed all the lies that I had been told. Um, so, you know, uh, never say never. You never know where life's going to take you. Uh, at Real Candace uh, is a way to follow her. Uh, Candace Owens, thanks so much. Founder of Flexit. Appreciate it, Candace. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Talk to you again soon. When we come back, your calls. Brian Kilmeade Show. Then Ian Pryor at the bottom of the hour. Don't move. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.